Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the veterinary podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. If your life is not what you had imagined it would look like 10 years ago, and you're desperately looking for ways to make it how you thought it would be, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, Certified Veterinary Life Coach, Goal-Getting Girl, and Life Work Alignment Pro. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? We are almost at the end of January. I hope everybody has been settling well into 2024. My partner and I just got back from the Caribbean last week, and it was so lovely to be out in the sun and the warmth, and it reminded me of being a child when we would go to the beach around the Christmas and holiday season. As some of you already know, I grew up in South Africa, so our seasons are reversed. So November through February is our summer season. And as a kid, I never really understood why all of the Christmas wrapping and cards and everything always had snowmen and snow on them because it was not my reality for Christmas and New Year's to happen during the winter like it does over here in the Northern Hemisphere. So anyway, I digress. It was just really nice to be out in the ocean and sort of tap into a little bit of those nervous system memories and experiences and things that I love from childhood. So welcome to episode number 38 of the Daring DVM podcast. Today, we are talking about ways to start befriending your nervous system. We have previously talked about some regulation techniques to help calm yourself and bring your prefrontal cortex online during everyday challenges and stressful moments. Today, I want to focus more on the practices you can implement into your everyday life to help you expand your zone of resilience, that is, your safety state. I am taking this work from the work of Leah Davidson, with whom I have been doing this nervous system resiliency training. And she has pulled a lot of this info from all of her mentors who work in the fields of trauma and psychology and nervous system work and resiliency as well. So this is going to be a little summary of the main practices, the fundamentals that will help you build and create more resiliency and therefore decrease the level of stress in your life. And at the end of the episode, there'll be some info on how to download a free guide on these fundamentals so you can start implementing them at home. So when we think of creating resiliency and expanding our zone of safety, what we're actually talking about is learning how to strengthen our vagus nerve. If you remember from the episode where we talked about stress, we talked a little bit about polyvagal theory and how the vagus nerve has two different branches which are part of our parasympathetic nervous system. And then we have our sympathetic branch of our sympathetic nervous system. We talked about vagal efficiency and vagal tone, which describe how well you're able to regulate yourself and temper yourself between parasympathetic and sympathetic states. We also talked about something called the vagal break, which is how we either slow ourselves down and bring our nervous system into a calmer state, or let go of the break and ramp ourselves up and allow more energy and activation into our system, which is our hyperactivated state. So what I want to do today is talk about how do we create the flexibility to move between all three of our states, Team Hyper, Team Hypo, and Team Resilient. And I want to make this really easy for you, not only to understand, but also to apply to your life. 
because there's so much self-help info out there nowadays and we are bombarded with so many different things to do and to implement and to practice and it can become very overwhelming, especially when you are new to this type of work and you don't have a clear understanding of the biology behind it and what it is that you're actually trying to do. So it can just seem as if there's a ton of information out there about all kinds of different things and you don't even know where to start. Everybody has an opinion and everybody out there says that their thing is the most important thing and everybody has an opinion on what everybody else is doing. And when we're flooded with all these types of recommendations, it can become overwhelming. And then what happens is we do nothing. We never even get started. Or maybe we try and then get overwhelmed while sifting through all of the information and then give up. Or we're doing it, but we constantly question whether we are doing the right things. So when Leah was teaching this information, she had a lovely analogy of how to think about these principles based on a book that she had previously read. The book is by Pamela Druckerman, and it is called Bringing Up Baby. Basically, the author compares French parenting to American parenting. Her take on this is that French parenting uses something called a cadre, which essentially means framework. Their parenting framework has four sides. So if you imagine this in your head, it basically looks like a square. Each side of the square represents a firm limit that they set for their children. So in using this construct, they basically choose four main parenting ideals, and these are the limits of what they want to enforce while raising their children. Parents will uphold each of these limits firmly, but within this framework, inside the square, the kids can do whatever they want. These children have very clear expectations and boundaries, and they have a lot of freedom within that framework. And according to the author, the French believe that their children thrive when they have this type of predictability and structure. And the parents are not debating or arguing over every tiny thing because they have their four main fundamentals that they want to enforce. And these are the priorities that they focus on, and everything else is flexible. I love this analogy for implementing the fundamentals of building resiliency into your life. Basically, there are five fundamentals, and these fundamentals make up your cadre, your framework. So this framework is going to look like a five-sided figure, a pentagon shape, if you will. But if you want your lines to be different lengths, then make it whatever five-sided shape works for your brain. You want to set your life up where you uphold and prioritize these five fundamentals and you have very strict, firm boundaries regarding them. And then everything else inside the space of that framework is flexible. So as long as you have your five fundamentals down, then you can play around with and use any other tool that you want to help you improve your life. You get to choose your main tools and what works best for you. And then within your framework, you can add many other individual things while still being assured that the basics of what you need are always covered. Your five fundamentals are your non-negotiables. And these five fundamentals have a lot of research backing them. Some of you may have heard of them already because it is something that Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about frequently. For those of you who don't know who that is, he is a neuroscience professor at Stanford and he is a very prominent figure and does a lot of research within the fields of neurobiology and behavior. He talks about these five fundamentals as core pillars. And these five pillars impact our nervous system, our immune system, our hormonal system, and our gut-brain axis. And these impacts are both long-term and short-term, and direct and indirect. 
The gist of it is there are many different tools and practices out there that can help us with these things. But if we don't abide by the five core pillars of health and performance, it will always reduce our longevity and vitality. Meaning that when you don't have your five fundamentals down, it increases your morbidity and mortality. So whether you like the analogy of using a five-sided framework or thinking about them as pillars, the main point is that you need to have all of these in place in order to have good mental, physical, and emotional health. And when you do, your performance in all of these areas will improve. Okay, so what are these five fundamentals? They are sleep, sunlight, movement, nutrition, and relationships. So these are the five things that you want to work on and implement in your life. And then you can slowly start adding in other things as well. The other things I'm talking about are referred to as amplifiers, which give you additional positive impact and benefit to your immune system, hormonal system, gut-brain access, and your nervous system. These are the things that you typically see on social media, like cold exposure, and the Wim Hof method, and gargling, and journaling, and mindfulness, and meditation, and so many other tools. But we're focusing on the five pillars today. So let's dive in. So the first one is sleep. And sleep is really your fundamental of fundamentals. It is the foundation upon which you build everything. Ideally, we need seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep each night. Yes, you can technically get by with less, but over the course of your life, reduced sleep will impact your cognition and your ability to cope. So if you are not already meeting this fundamental, then it is a good place to start. Now the thing with sleep is that you cannot save up on sleep and you cannot catch up on sleep. This means that we are not supposed to go to bed early during the week and then try to stay up super late on the weekends. Or conversely, get up super early during the week and then sleep in really late on the weekends. We need to have consistent and regular sleep. And what is really interesting is that going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time can be more important than the actual number of hours that you get. And this is because there is a lot of restoration and repair that happens in our brain and in our body while we are asleep. These periods of restoration and repair occur in set stages throughout the night. So if you are used to going to bed at 9 and you stay up until 11, then when you go to bed, you have already missed the beginning of your first cycle, and therefore you miss out on it completely. You don't start from the beginning, and you don't get to add that cycle in later or just join it partway through. You have now missed it for the night. Specific things happen during each stage, which is why you want consistency, because if you miss that particular stage of restoration and repair, then you don't get another opportunity for it until the following night. I recently went to a very interesting talk given by a sleep psychologist, and one of her main jobs is teaching military officials and people in high-stress C-suite positions how to actually sleep. Many of her clients have busy and stressful jobs, and she teaches them how to create a healthy sleep schedule, which improves their overall performance, as well as dramatically decreases stress, not only in their jobs, but also in their daily lives. So I may do an episode that is more in-depth on sleep later, but in the interest of focusing on our five pillars today, I just want you to know that sleep is going to be your most important fundamental and that consistency is key. 
The irony here is that even though this is the most important fundamental, it is often the one that we cut back on the most. Think of how many times you have stayed up later than your typical bedtime just because you really want to finish a movie or a book. Or maybe the kids have finally gone to bed and you can have some damn peace to yourself. Or maybe you're staying up late to try to finish things that you wanted to get done earlier in the day. We also tend to cut sleep short by getting up early, like when we get up before everybody else in order to have some quiet time, or to fit in some exercise before work, or to catch up on the things that we didn't get done the day before. So really think about your life and how you can set firm boundaries around your sleep schedule and make sure that you are receiving an adequate amount of uninterrupted sleep each night. The next fundamental is sunlight. The research shows that getting as much natural sunlight as you can at the beginning of your day, specifically within your first hour of waking, is really important for your overall health. And this is because your morning dose of sunlight helps you reset your entire system. This is how you reset your circadian rhythm for the day. And not only does this reset your sleep cycle, it also triggers your melatonin production so that you have an adequate buildup by the time you go to bed. It also gives you a healthy dose of dopamine and cortisol at the beginning of your day to introduce some healthy energy and healthy stress. Remember, we cannot exist without stress. If you remember from biology class, this is eustress, the good stress, that our bodies rely on for healthy normal function. The minimum recommended dose of sunlight is between 5 to 30 minutes, depending on where you live and how bright the sun is. And brightness is going to depend on the time of day and whether it is cloudy or there are clear skies. You also want this to be natural sunlight. So when you go outside, take off your sunglasses. And you also actually want to get outside. It's not just sunlight filtered through a window pane. So at the very least, open your window and stick your head outside. What I would encourage you to do is start thinking of ways that you can implement this into your daily routines. The third fundamental is movement. And the nice thing about movement is that this is a fundamental that pretty much everybody everywhere agrees upon. Movement is important and essential to our mental, emotional, and physical health. Movement can be anything. A lot of people think about it as exercise, but it does not have to be exercise in the traditional sense. It does not have to be strictly running or going to the gym or training for anything in particular. It can be as simple as going for a nice, relaxing walk. You may enjoy slow, gentle movements like those in Tai Chi or stretching or yoga. For others of you, it may be a dance class that you love, or maybe you play on a sports team. Whatever it is, movement incorporates all the things that get your body up and moving and not just sitting or lying down for prolonged periods. So movement can really be anything that brings you joy. There is a really cool TED Talk video online called 23 and a half hours. I will put the link in the show notes for those of you interested in watching it. It is a really quick, fun video which goes over the benefits of movement and specifically the benefit of going on a short walk. The cliff notes for this are that we only need about 30 minutes of movement in our day to see the benefit. And we don't even need to do 30 minutes all at once. We can break it up into three 10-minute periods if we want. And the question this video poses is that if we have 24 hours in a day, is it possible that we can find just 30 minutes for ourselves within the entire day just to get up and move? 
So think about what movement means to you and how you can bring it into your day in a way that is fulfilling and enjoyable to you. The fourth fundamental is nutrition. Nutrition is probably the one where we have the least consensus and most conflicting information. And part of this is because we are still unlearning a lot of the things that we thought were true back in the 80s and 90s and even up until today. We are also learning a lot more about the genetics of obesity and how that plays a major role in our body size and shape, despite the foods that we eat and any exercise or movement that we bring into our day. There is so much information out there on different types of diets and foods and whether we should be omnivorous or vegetarian or vegan or stick to paleo or try keto or intermittent fasting. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time here other than to say the Mediterranean diet has a lot of research behind it regarding its positive effect on brain health and specifically in regards to Alzheimer's. It is also the diet that promotes health and performance for women and that is because our overall health is so closely tied to our brain health because it's so greatly impacted by our hormones. For those of you who are interested in learning more, there is a book by Dr. Lisa Moscone, who is the director of the Women's Brain Initiative at Weill Cornell Medical College. And in her book, The XX Brain, she writes about the role of hormonal health and brain health specifically as it relates to women's health. It's a really good read. And if you're interested in learning more about genetics and obesity and body image and how food and diet culture have impacted us socially, check out Aubrey Gordon and all of her work on the subject. You may know of her already as one of the hosts of the podcast Maintenance Phase, and she is also an author. So both of these are interesting and informative resources for anybody wanting more information in the area of nutrition. Now, nutrition also includes hydration, so don't forget to drink your water. And the other thing about nutrition is that it's not just nutrition for your body, but also nutrition for your brain, because our brain and body are connected, so we need to nourish them both. Nourishment for your brain includes anything that helps you to develop and build and challenge and expand your cognitive skills. We want to stimulate our brain and we want to do this through learning and by developing new neural pathways. So think of all the things that you enjoy doing that could serve this purpose. Things like reading or taking a cooking class, playing or listening to music, learning a new instrument, participating in a dance class, taking a course on something that you have always wanted to learn, doing puzzles and Sudoku and crosswords, learning a new language picking up a new hobby, learning to knit. There are so many different things that you can do to stimulate and challenge your brain. So once again, find what is enjoyable to you. Our fifth and final fundamental is relationships, also known as connection. And relationships are threefold. This is your relationship with yourself, your relationships with other people, and your relationship to a higher purpose or power. Your relationship to yourself includes things like, how do you think of yourself? What is your self-validation and self-talk like? How's your self-image? How's your self-care? How do you practice self-compassion? What's your level of self-confidence? How do you have your own back and show up for yourself? Do you believe that you are 100% worthy and lovable just as you are, no matter what. 
This is the work of deep self-understanding and self-love. This is where you can do a lot of coaching or work with a coach or a therapist. You also need to have a great relationship with yourself in order to have great relationships with other people. This is why it is so important to know your values and to know who you are and to know how to set healthy boundaries. We have a biological need for connection with others, and this is because our nervous system has a biological need for connection and co-regulation with other nervous systems. This is one of the reasons why COVID was so disruptive to our society, because it impacted our ability for connection and co-regulation on a global scale. And it's hypothesized that this has led to the dysregulation of many people just from experiencing the pandemic. And we're now living the after effects. Another example of the power of co-regulation is to think about somebody who you know who gives the best hugs. We probably all know somebody like this. It's just the way that they hug and hold and the timing and the feeling. This is a great example of co-regulation. When you experience one of these hugs, it's almost like immediate stress relief. The cool thing about co-regulation is that it does not only have to occur with other human nervous systems either. Think about your pets and how good it feels to just pet them or to sit with them. This is the whole reason we have therapy animals. So think about the people and animals in your life with whom you co-regulate, specifically with whom you enjoy co-regulating, and bring more of those nervous systems into your life. And the third part of relationships is the connection to a higher purpose or power. When you have a clear purpose, you have improved mental, physical, and emotional health. One of the biggest threats that you can have to your future life and future self is the absence of meaning and purpose. So for some of you, this type of connection will be to a higher power or being. This includes religion and connection through prayer or meditation. For other people, it's going to be a sense of a higher energy or presence in the universe. For some of you, it's going to be the sense of awe and inspiration that you feel when you are out in nature. And for others, it's going to be a personal sense of purpose. Your compelling reason for doing the things that you do. The answer to the question of, why am I here? All of us have an inherent need to search for meaning in our lives. So think about how this applies to you and all the ways in which you can develop the different relationships in your life. From your relationship with yourself, to your connection with other people, to your connection to the entire world around you. So those are the five fundamentals, the five pillars to building resiliency within your life. Sleep, sunlight, movement, nutrition, and relationships. When you think of establishing your framework, also think of ways in which the things that you are already doing or the things that you already enjoy cover these different aspects. Because when we combine them, they have additive effect. So for example, if you're somebody who enjoys running and you go to bed at the same time every night because you know you will be getting up at the same time every morning to go on a run before work and you run outside where you are exposed to natural sunlight, and can also take in and appreciate the natural world around you, and you're someone who likes to take new routes or practice different running intervals and change up your pace, just think of all the ways that you're combining these fundamentals together. You are moving your body. You are stimulating your brain. You are connecting with yourself and to the world around you. You are getting in a daily dose of morning sunlight, 
and you're honoring and upholding your sleep schedule because you know you need to be well rested in order to get up and go on your run and you have to maintain your sleep schedule so that you can get up on time in order to fit this in before the rest of your day. And remember, it doesn't have to be a run either. This can be a nice slow walk. Take the dogs out on a morning walk. This is why I really enjoy the analogy of the framework because there are so many different things that you can do and ways in which you can personalize these fundamentals to fit your own life. The things that you do and practice throughout your life are not going to look exactly the same as somebody else's, nor are they meant to. Everything is tailored and personal and relevant and meaningful to you. And as long as you have your five fundamentals in place and you're prioritizing and protecting them, then within that space, you can add many different activities and other things that bring you meaning and purpose and joy within your life. You have the flexibility to try many different things, to add new things, to remove things that no longer serve you, to create whatever is truly best for you. And that is why this work is so beautiful. It is not a one-size-fits-all. These practices are as unique as you are. If you would like a free guide on these five fundamentals and how to establish them into your daily practice, then check out the link in the show notes. This guide will help you implement the five pillars into your life, and you can also compare how you're doing over time, because it's always helpful to see your improvements and celebrate your wins. Okay, my friends, I would love it if you would let me know how you plan to uphold and honor your five fundamentals. And what are the things that you do in life that bring you joy? If you would like help and support with this, then reach out to me, either on Instagram or send me an email at vetcoach at daringdvm.com. That's V-E-T for veterinarian, vetcoach at daringdvm.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you can receive weekly information like this delivered right to your inbox. You can do this by clicking on the link in the show notes, or email me directly, or head on over to Daring DVM and sign up. I love who you are, and even more than that, I love who you're becoming. Dare to dream. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come coach with me in my Daring DVM coaching program. It's where you get individual help applying these concepts to your own life. This is where we address your challenges, crush your goals, and create your dream life. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life too. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come coach with me at www daringdvm.com forward slash coaching that's daringdvm.com forward slash coaching i cannot wait to meet you dare to dream